1: Welcome to Pardon the Corruption, episode three, I believe it is, and a bit of a delay there in the airings. Uh, that's mostly because there was a giant pimple on my giant nose, and I could <laughs> not record it with that pimple there. You could still see it probably if you look hard mm-hmm. enough, but let's not, let's not get into that.
0: Uh, instead, I'm joined by my usual partner in crime, S. What's going on? Uh, nothing, man. Listen, if I had to cancel every time I had a pimple on my face, buddy, we would never get any of these videos done. I'm telling you right now.
1: All right, man, let's hit the agenda right off the bat. News fresh from today. Bjorken? Bjorken. B- Bjorken. It's yeah, okay. Bjorken, as the singer, a, yeah. is hired by the Indiana Pacers. And man, every time a Raptors assistant gets hired in any job, especially a head coaching gig, you got to feel good. And you got to feel like you're the next Spurs, just generating the coaches of the NBA. It's got to feel like an accomplishment,
0: of course, for the man, but also for the franchise. Yeah. Um, I would say, look, first and foremost, this is this is Nick Nurse's first branch on the yeah. coaching tree. So shout out to Nick Nurse for developing his own coaching tree. That's pretty cool. Um, I would say at the end of the day, if you look at like the history over the past three or four years, of Raptors assistants and Raptors coaches, they've just been developing a flock of talent when it comes. I mean, Phil Handy was only here for one year, but you count Phil Handy into this conversation. Rex Kalamian, who was here for a while, is now with the Clippers now. And then if you think about, obviously, Nate Bjorken right now, Nick Nurse, who was an assistant at one point in time, it just, you're right, the development goes beyond just the Raptors players. They develop excellent coaches and training staff as well.
1: Yeah and I said this is the, his first tree cuz they used to uh, coach together at the in the D League and uh they used to be he used to be his assistant coach then they became peers and then he again became assistant coach and now he's his peer again so it's almost like they keep like tracking each other which which is kind of kind of cool so good luck to Aburke uh, do you have any idea what the guy actually specialized in while he was with the Raptors besides giving some pretty cryptic and very low information Uh, Halftime interviews, he didn't didn't reveal much,
0: (laughs) really held his uh,
1: cards close to his chest.
0: Well, maybe that's what Indiana is looking for because of the whole Victor Oladipo situation. They want a guy who's just going to be clear cut and, and not give any answers in the postgame conference. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I have no idea what he specializes in. No idea. But salute to Nate Bjorken. Salute to you, sir. Enjoy that gig in India. <laughs>
1: now, the, the one thing that I know he was originally hired to do uh, by the Raptors was in, he was in the scouting department. And it was Nick Nurse after Dwayne Casey left that actually promoted him from the scout to actually an assistant coach. So his specialty really is scouting and seeing uh, young players and that. So um, and, and that kind of brings us up to our next topic in this, in this rundown, which is move up in the draft. Uh, you know, man, there used to be time where I used to follow the draft religiously because that was all that was there to look forward to. The yeah. season sucked. So all, really in February, Raptors Republic used to have our first mock draft 1.0 way before ESPN PhD Steve used to host that thing. <laughs> now it's like an afterthought, but there's some talk about the Raptors maybe acquiring that not missing piece, but a piece in the draft.
0: Thoughts on whether they should be moving up? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of uh, playmakers in this draft, point guards, ball handlers that they could potentially get, and you would have to move up if you're looking to get one of those guys. Uh, shout out to rebel who makes great videos, but one of the guys that stuck out to me from one of his videos was Tyrese maxi and maxi is probably going to be in the 15 to 20 range. So you'd have to move up to that certain spot to be able to get him. Um, I think he would be awesome. He just has like a a dog mentality similar to what Kyle Lowry has. So I think that would be just kind of like a perfect segue into the future, if you want to say, but I I don't know. I don't know if they would necessarily do it, but if they end up moving in the draft, that means so long sayonara to our guy, Norman Powell. That's it's inevitable that he's going to be the guy that they're going to trade for just, just moving up a little bit. If they're trying to go all the way for like a number two or a number three, which I doubt they'll Mm -hmm. do. um, It's going to need more than that. But norm for like the 20th pick, I could see that happening.
1: Yeah, uh, and uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was like, if you're thinking of moving up in the draft, I'm talking about moving to the lottery, Ah, right? And and that's what what I'm going up like four picks, fine, whatever. I don't think you even need norm for that. You could probably get that done with something else. But if you're trying to get to the lottery, norm is not going to be enough. You you need need to be more than that. Now, I haven't followed the draft much, but uh, Robel in, in one something he wrote, he was pretty big on LaMelo Ball.
0: He loves him. Literally, he loves the mellow ball.
1: Yeah. And, and man, you know, there have been players throughout history where people have just fallen in love with, in fact, the Raptors franchise, when it originally came, nobody wanted to draft Damon Stoudemire. They wanted to draft Ed O'Bannon, <laughs> right? Because Ed Bannon was hyped at the time. And when wow. Damon got drafted, he got booed, because people wanted Ed O'Bannon. And, of course, yeah. that didn't uh, that didn't happen. So I'm always wary when every, any, any everybody's like, hey, man, sell the house, go for this one guy. So because right. Robel was so into LaMelo Ball, I'm going to go against that because I don't like that enthusiasm.
0: I don't like that blind <laughs> enthusiasm. So anybody but LaMelo Ball for me. Okay, all right, that's fair enough. Honestly, I have no idea. It's either LaMelo Ball is going to be a superstar, all-star type guy, or he's like one of the worst busts ever in NBA history. So we don't know. I I, I toss it in the air. All right. Hey man, let's move on from the draft to
1: uh, a rookie who just finished his first campaign, Matt Thomas. Does he have a rotation spot next year? First of all, let's define what a rotation spot is. Rotation spot to me is like you play about 50, 55 games and you play at least 16, 17 minutes. Is he a rotation player?
0: Yeah, that's, that's a rotation player. I feel like he might even end up getting more run than that, to be honest with you. But okay. we don't know how many games they're going to be played next season, to be honest. Oh yeah, that's so a good point, that's yeah. that's a whole nother conversation, a whole another day. But um, no, I think he could get a lot of run. And if you see what happened in the bubble and even in the playoffs a little bit, Nick Nurse was using him a lot more in that rotation, especially late in the quarter. Let's say if it was like out uh, of timeout type of play, he'll sub in Matt Thomas in order to get just another shooter on the court. So Wait, I in the know. playoffs? This happened in the playoffs? Because I don't a remember any. Times. Of this. A couple of times. I don't like, remember any of this. Where it was like, where it would, be like, it would be like five seconds left on the clock at the end of the first quarter. He'll sub in Matt Thomas and then Matt Thomas will be like, uh, okay, I'll just stand in the corner here.
1: No idea what games you're watching, but certainly <laughs> against the Celtics series, he did none of that. In fact, he should have played more for you sure.
0: Yes, yeah. I he should have yeah. played
1: in the game seven. He had a good first stint in that first, second quarter and then never saw the light of day again. I thought yeah. he could have helped the Raptors. In yeah. the New Jersey series, yes, you're absolutely bang on. But against the Celtics, he was nowhere to be found. Um, I, I wrote the player, uh, recap for Matt Thomas uh, th- this year. And what I like about the I guy. I love
0: the way I you're know. pronouncing. I have to say, I love the way you're pronouncing Thomas. It's just, man, I, I
1: mess up basic English words a lot. <laughs> like I don't even, I can't even say Toronto properly. Like sometimes <laughs> I say Toronto uh, for some reason. Oh, uh, that's, that's too much. You can't but, 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 but Matt Thomas, <laughs> is that a different pronunciation
0: there? <laughs> Matt Thomas. That's so cool. The thought that you're doing the TH just perfectly. It's it's awesome. Matt go ahead. Matt is
1: excellent ball. So not excellent ball handler, but can handle the ball. Like if you if you give him the ball, it's not like he's just a catch-and-shoot guy, like Jason Capono or some of those other three-point shooters who are very one-dimensional. This guy can actually put it on the floor just a little bit, drive a little bit, and even run a pick and roll or two if he's under pressure. That's that's not. That's not nothing. And, it, and and I feel his ball handling is definitely underrated. And most of all, I love the fact that he makes contested shots. He's not a three-point shooter that needs a lot of space to get his shot off. Because no. being being 6'4", or whatever he is, he's played all his life against guys who are 6'10", 6'11". He's used to being guarded like this all the time. And he, he's adjusted well to just not even having his body in the right position before he shoots. So I'm, I'm a big Matt Thomas fan. Yeah, I think so, man. Listen, bench mob with him and Terrence Davis next Season is going to be a lot of fun. Right. Hey, man, uh, I, I got to rewind you back to the next topic. <laughs> and uh, the, even the guy who uh, the guy who came up with this story this week um, or last week or whenever it was, David West, a relic from the past, really. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. Talking about two other relics from the past, Andrea Bargnani and Chris Bosch. And I think saying that they would have been lethal in this era. And the only reason they weren't lethal in the era that they played in was because Guys like David West fouled Bargnani and like didn't let them play the game because it was a physical game. Thoughts on that?
0: <laughs> oh, I find it so funny. I just like I think of the Bargnani Bosch days and I see nothing but not like anti lethal. What's what's the opposite? What's the opposite of lethal? I guess, um, non lethal, right? That's moist, moist sure. Yeah, there, <laughs> moist. There's, not, there's nothing. There's nothing lethal about Barjani and Chris Bosh. I think the only thing would be lethal, it would be lethal for me and you watching their games because we would have to bang our heads against the wall every time on a defensive possession. It would be brutal to watch these guys on defense. They wouldn't be able to box out anybody. The Raptors would average maybe five rebounds a game. This would be, it would be a joke defensively. Offensively, they might score 120 points a night, okay? That's possible, but... Defensively, it would just be atrocious. Would be, you'd be the one of the worst defenses in the league. I,
1: I think this is entirely David West trying to give himself props in an mm-hmm. in, indirect sort of way. Hey man, I'm the one who like prevented Boston and Bar- being a <laughs> thing. It's like buddy, you didn't do anything, you could have like not played in the league, and we'd be fine. barniani never ventured beyond the I don't know, 20. Foot range of the, of of the, he never, he never went to the rim, dude. He's, there's David West did very little. Or maybe David, David West like instilled such fear in him that he never bothered to venture there, but I highly doubt it.
0: I'd be curious to see if, uh, if Andrea's first game was against the New Orleans Hornets and David West just, you know,
1: that's one time
0: ever since then. Bariani can't, can't, can't go into the
1: by David West. Yeah. Not, (laughs) not buying it. Not buying it. All right, man. I I think, I guess we got to talk about. Fred Van Vliet and the Knicks. The Knicks are just like this. They're like the pimple I mentioned earlier, right? <laughs> They'll go away eventually. you yeah. just got to deal with it for a little bit. Yeah. And right now we got to deal with them through this contract. They're going to offer Fred Van Vliet and probably drive up the price uh, more than the Raptors would probably be, would like to play, but would eventually probably end up paying anyways. Yeah, Are
0: they going to drive up the price? I think... I think, yeah, to a certain extent. I I, I think they're going to offer him maybe, I don't know, 25 million a year, depending on the cap, something along those lines. And then Fred is probably going to come back to Toronto and say, look, the Knicks are offering me this. I don't want to do this. Nobody really wants to, but if I have to, I will go and live in New York for two years and get my money or three years and get my money. And then Messiah is going to look at that and say, okay, fine. I will give you 22 and a half call it a day, put your sign today, sign this thing right now. And yeah, I will, yeah. and I think that's, that's probably what it's just leverage, man. The Knicks yeah. are just leverage. And I think they're leverage for every other free agent too. Cause you, you know, you could have like a Jeremy Grant be like, you know what? The Knicks, they, they want me, man. They want me, dude. They, they yeah. they've been offering me something. And then you see the nuggets drive up the price. I, I just think that's what the Knicks are at this point. They're the, they're the dummy for whatever they're the leverage dummy for the entire league.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. I, I think, what do you think the whole idea of like, you know, playing in a big market? Like, I feel like th- th- that whole shine of playing in a big market doesn't apply to New York as much anymore because they've been bad for so long that they've taken the shine off of New York City, which yeah. seems impossible, but congratulations to the Knicks. They've done it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was talking to a, to a guy from New York yesterday and he said, you know, a lot of the guys coming into the league now, they don't know the Madison square garden, <laughs> yeah. it's been 20 years. Nobody knows yeah. the greatness of Madison square yeah. garden anymore. It's, yeah. it's, it's gone. The, the magic of it is gone. I honestly, the last
1: time Madison square garden had decent atmosphere was probably when the rappers played them in 2001.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's probably, or, or didn't
1: the Knicks go to the finals like
0: before or after or before that they went. Ninety nine, yeah, they yeah, went. Yeah, but um, yeah. I mean, you could maybe say the mellow years was like a little, but uh, no. Nah. Yeah, I yeah. want really?
1: a second round. What was that? Even the yeah. first round? What was that? Even that, that was. I that was not think
0: it. they made it to the second round once. Yeah, but... the
1: fact that we're having we're struggling to remember it probably says everything about it. Exactly. All right. So, yeah. uh, segue to most hated team. It might have been the Knicks in one era, man. But at this point, as a Raptor fan, what is your most hated team?
0: Ah. Uh, for, for Raptors reference, right? Well,
1: your what is your most My- hated team for whatever reason?
0: I, I would, it's tough to say because the actual players on the Boston Celtics, I like, like I like a Jalen Brown. I like a Jason Tatum. I like Marcus Smart. They're cool people. They seem like they're fun. Mm-hmm. If I, I had them on my team, I would love them, but I hate the organization and I even hate the color of green. It's mm-hmm. just, it, it's, it's an off-putting color for me. So mm-hmm. I would say the Celtics, but I don't hate anybody on the Celtics. Mm-hmm. I don't know who I would pick right now. Um, I think maybe the Bucks. The Bucks, maybe the Bucks. Like, yeah, uh-huh. throw them in there. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. What the, 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 the history. Oh, of the, oh, I got it. I, never mind. I how take, many teams I are you gonna pick, man? You gotta pick one. I, t- I take all the. I take all this back. Take take the Celtics back. Take the Bucks back. It is the Los Angeles Clippers. We hate the Los Angeles Clippers. Okay. Everything about the Los Angeles Clippers. Lawrence from Lawrence Frank to Steve Ballmer, uh, to taking away Kawhi Leonard to taking our our poor man's Lou Williams off of our chest. Yes, the Los Angeles Clippers. So I
1: mean, I just don't have enough of a history with the clippers because in my mind they're still the clip. They're still the clips, right? They're still like Lamond Murray's clippers. They're not much <laughs> different than that era. They just got a, they just got a little new uniforms, and that's about it.
0: Casino Mobley.
1: See, I was I was gonna go with the Celtics, and I think I, I hate the Celtics, you know, more than anything. But there's one guy on Philly, Embiid, mm. who has enough gravitational pull... <laughs> kind of like take my hate and kind of direct it towards Philly, yeah. And the organization itself is such a mess with Brian Colangelo and the Twitter thing and the all that stuff. So I'm gonna temporarily redirect my most hated team to Philly, also because I like making fun of them.
0: Yeah, I- I'm gonna go with Philly on this. Yeah, one. I feel like they're easy to hate. Yeah, they're easy to hate. They're they're yeah. an easy choice to hate. I can yeah. see that. But listen, no, Clippers, Clippers are the real choice here for Raptors fans. They know. They know. All right. They know. Finally, man,
1: the new jerseys. We talked about the leak earlier. Now the full-fledged jersey people are posting in it. And um, I know you and I talked about offline. Chevron overload. A little too much
0: Chevron for you, it seems like. Yeah, yeah, they, they they did a little bit too much of the chevron. Like, look, why are you why are you trying to force something on us? Also, the other thing is there was no Toronto on any of the jerseys. All of them just say Raptors. And I know they're trying to be Canadian and do all that thing, but give us at least one jersey where we can rep and say this is from Toronto. Um, the the black jersey, the Jordan jersey, is super nice. It's I think it's one of the best jerseys in the league. Um, I kind of need to, to, to maybe see the white one a little bit more and see the red one a little bit more to maybe convince myself, but the black one is nice. I know a purple one's coming. I'm definitely getting those two. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm not, Chevron.
1: I'm I'm not, I'm not, uh, off put by the Chevron, uh, mostly because I don't have a Chevron Jersey. So uh, I was planning on getting one. So I was going to get the, 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 the championship year one with the red and white, Mm-hmm. Uh, but I never ended up getting it, but I think, uh, so I'm due for a Chevron jersey. So this one seems like a good po- good, good choice. Uh, I, like the, I, I like the red one, um, uh, but I'm looking forward to the purple one. I'd probably go with that one in the end. Chevron, yeah. not not a big deal for me, but I'm just waiting for the day where, and I know it's going to happen because it happened in soccer and it's going to happen in basketball. It's just a question of money. But when they start selling the sponsor logo on the jerseys they sell to fans
0: yeah, yeah it's yeah.
1: coming man and that's the day that I'm dreading so hog up
0: all your jerseys before that happens man yeah that sun life that sun life thing is going to come soon or whatever it is after sun life yeah yeah and, and have you have you noticed that that's, and Nick and Barry in their
1: podcast talked about this a long time ago was that the patch seems a little low quality like it's not meshed in right it's like a, it's almost like a patch on the jersey yeah it seems like they just stamped it on with some hot glue, you know, yeah. a little embroidery <laughs> would help. Maybe, you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: yeah like the rapper's
1: public hoodies are better made than that.
0: Yeah, I know. That's true. Like even soccer it's in the Jersey. Yeah. It's not, you know, so they, they, they could try to figure something out there. Yeah. All right. I think we're out of
1: topics and uh, that's it, man. Uh, we'll see you guys again next time on pardon the corruption and uh, yeah. Yeah. Goodbye. All right. Peace. All right.